Welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. Today we have the second half of our actual play of Champions 6th Edition, and I'm really excited to get that going for you. But first, I want to drop some news that our pals Sleepyhead, the band that plays Play, which is our intro and outro music, they've got a new album coming out this Friday. So if you're listening on the release date, thank you for being keen. We love you. You can pre-order it. And if you're listening to it later, you can just go check it out right now. Sleepyheadrockband.bandcamp.com is where you can do that. Give it a listen. It's real good stuff. We love them. We're so glad to have them as part of our show. And we just need to, uh, you know, just, just to spread the word. But heading back to our game, we left off Derek the Human Slingshot Robel, played by Ian Gregory, getting lied to and told that he doesn't remember how to get small again and how his powers work. And so he is stuck as a person-sized superhero amidst a gala of socialites who are getting robbed by Johnny Three Guns, currently in a grapple with Anemone, played by Stephanie, over Johnny Three Guns' remaining lightning gun. So we can join that adventure right now. So we now do move ourselves to segment three. And in fact, Anemone, you are going to be going this segment. So is Johnny Three Guns. But you have more dexterity than he does. You're going first and you're still holding on tight with that grab. So for starters, you get to inflict some of that damage on him. I certainly do. Do I just roll for damage again? Yeah, you roll for damage. Okay, because I'm I've got this guy by the bare skin. Yeah, you do. He doesn't actually have bare skin. He has regular skin, as far as I can tell, which is good because bare skin has fur. It's probably less effective. Here comes sixty-six of neurotoxin, and that is eighteen. Still not a great roll. Okay, well he has a physical defense of 15. So three stun is going to get through to him. Okay, that's something. Going from 30 to 27. (sighs) Yeah. And let me tell you, there's got to be some other ways to end this encounter. (laughs) Yeah. But now you get to act. You get get a two full half actions. Yeah. Two full half actions. You're also holding a lightning gun, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to do anything with a lightning gun. I want to... He's he's not, as far as I can tell, he's not holding anything that would be toxic to marine life, right? He's just a guy in whatever he's wearing. What's he wearing? Uh, a, a sort of half uh, body vest kind of armor thing that covers one arm and, I don't know, Carhartt or something. Okay. Has he said anything? Has he used any snappy villain patter or not really? I, I think we. it's actually just a lot of punctuation, to be honest. <laughs> okay. I know what that means. We all know what that means. I would like to take him onto my ground where I know what to do and he probably does not. So I'm going to pick him up and toss him into the water. And as I do so, I'm going to apologize to the marine life. All right. So this is a thing that you can do because you are grabbing him, but there's going to be a roll for it. Oh, yeah. Is it a throw? I was just looking at the throw rules. They're like eight pages long. I'm, I'm pretty sure that since it is related to my tentacular grab, I still get plus six to do it. Yeah, I'll allow that. And it is, in fact, a throw, a throw combat maneuver. How does that roll work? I assume I roll 3d6 and then we do a lot of math. Is that strength again? It seems like it should be. Um, so actually, we, so we, hang, on, hang on a sec. 
Okay, so throw determines what he wants to throw the victim into. I want you to throw the victim into a large tank of water that I am currently in. Okay, so you will have to target that. <laughs> I have to, tar- but I'm. I have to target the tank of water I'm standing in. Yes. Yeah, that's, but but, that's but it's really easy to hit. That water <laughs> has a defensive value of three. Okay. So, yeah. So actually, we do need to do this. So I need you to first okay. make an attack against the tank of water. <laughs> okay, that's a nine. Okay, we got to figure out what that means, though. So let's start with your OCV. That is seven. It's it's still plus six with this group of attacks. That's 13 plus 11, 24. The result of nine brings that down to a 15. Area of effect stuff is always just three. And so you can absolutely hit him into the tank of water with your aim. Now, as established, you can lift a grizzly bear. Oh, yeah. So that is enough to lift him. Yeah. Does that mean that uh, he is in the water? Have have I succeeded or do I need to roll something else? Well, the question is now, do we roll any damage? Because he did hit the surface of the water. Like, is this just like you're just pulling him in or are you like, is there going to be something that like... Oh, I would not mind stunning him. I would love to do that. My my goal is to have him ideally hit the water head first and really not be able to hurt anyone since as far as I know, he has no guns and he'll just be a dude who can't breathe water, treading water in a tank until law enforcement can come and pick him up. He's, he should be pretty harmless, but I would not mind stunning him. So I suppose I'm sh- I should be rolling for damage? Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you roll your strength die as damage? That sounds great. Okay. Desperately trying to get some damage to stick to anyone in this scene. That's <laughs> true. Okay, so I've got uh, hand-to-hand damage is 46. That's a little better. That's 16. So he, I've done one more uh, stun damage, right? Right. His physical defense is a 16 or 15. So you get another one through. That brings him down to 26. Have I done body damage? Let's see. You would have done four yeah. body damage based on this. And that is all soaked up by that oh, physical yeah. defense. Okay. That dude. I know. This dude. He, he is, he all is these in a, tank of, a large tank of water. And there's a turtle there too. I need to take a moment to collect myself. <laughs> all right. So- it's kind of a meta level here. I think what we're going to do is defeat, I think, from circumstance is just imminent. <laughs> and then we can kind of move on to to further stuff. You don't, you don't want to stat right. out eight turns of him thrashing in a pool as he slowly <laughs> gets drained down by neurotoxin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a stun. He's taken, he's taken four stun damage. Like, his, his recovery is going to bring that back up. I have I have some thoughts now about how it is in fact possible to build a character wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I have the feeling that I should have built Anemone to do like 12d6 of damage with her major yeah, attack. Yeah, I think I don't know, did I scale my damage wrong or like do you just need to soft cap physical defense? Like do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Is 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 15 physical defense too much? Yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, his these his guns can do a lot of damage. I did not build that much physical defense either. Uh, I don't know what scale I was working on in my head. I don't even remember if the character creation guide recommends a certain amount. Yeah, like this character, they like their sample character has six physical defense. So I think that was sort of like my, okay, that seems like a normal number for a person to have. Yeah, I think I, I gave him more physical defense... I don't know if I pulled that out of one of the other sample characters or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like his lightning gun is 10d6 and it's constant because uh. it arcs. 
So it's 10 D6 of damage, and then every one of his turns, as long as he's able to hold it, and like you haven't broken the arc, does another 10 D6. So I, I clearly should have built Anemone with an attack that does 12 D6 and taken away a bunch of her abilities. I think maybe. I think it's just not intuitive to me that you'd ever roll 12 D6 for anything at all anywhere. <laughs> we are going to have so much stuff to talk about in the discussion. Oh, yeah. Alternate plan. We can just end this here and just do this. Have like one one episode of actual play of us. We're like, well, that happened. <laughs> I, mean, I want to get big at some point. If there's an opportunity for me to get big, yeah. I feel like a lot of my character's utility is currently being uh, not utilized. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. All right. So now we come on to Johnny Three Guns' turn. And yeah, he is sputtering in the water. You did throw him, Anemone, so like you don't have, like you're not latched onto him anymore. But you are holding his gun. And he wants it back. Now, he does have four meters worth of swim, and he can use a half action to go two meters. I'm going to say that's close enough just so that we can get anything done. Uh, he sort of flops over. I, I, he's going to get a diff, like a like a negative modifier to this because, again, you are in your element. Yeah. He is not. But he is going to go reaching for that lightning gun and we're going to run this as a disarm because even if you don't want to use it you are technically armed yeah i'm i have six arms and that's why i paused because <laughs> i knew you were going to say that <laughs> well he's going to do an attack roll that then is a five what is your defensive combat value it is five okay so he does get a hold of that gun and now we're going to do a strength versus strength contest and we're going to do the cool one that might let the gun go flying so we're each going to roll our strength he rolls 5d6 how strong is he uh 25 okay pretty jacked jack dude yeah Ooh. okay so you got one body uh excuse me two two body because you have a, a, a six and three ones. Three ones. He has four body. And so he wins that one. He grabs that gun back from you. And I think he also knows well enough that seawater and electricity don't mix and is holding it, but has is sort of like holding it awkwardly above the water, but sort of swung around pointing at you, Anemone. That being said, pulling the trigger on this one is mm, might be a little bit of a suicide pact, but you hear him call out, liar, liar, shut this asterisks, punctuation, etc. down. Where are you? Liar. And human slingshot in your brain, you hear a voice say, see what I'm not doing? <laughs> see how I'm helping? I need you to remember that. Okay, that ends this segment and brings us to the top of segment four. And Liar is actually going to go first on this one. If she wants, she can pay to maintain that drain on you, human slingshot, but she is going to let it drop. Okay. And other than that, not going to do a whole lot of anything. So human slingshot, you're up next. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, the, the rifle went scattering three meters away from me. Yes. What I want to do, I'm, are we on scaffolding? Is that right? No, no. You're just on carpet. Like okay. Ballroom. Okay. Hmm. I'm torn between using my shrinking power to get in the fight with Johnny three guns and making sure this gun gets away from this hench. 
I could also use my shrinking power on this on this hench. I will just end up on the other side of the room afterwards. That sounds appealing enough to me. <laughs> okay. How much? How wide is this ballroom? What's my runway here? So the tank itself is 25 meters across. Okay. And because it's a, a big tank and it's got an elevator in the middle of it. So the whole room then, I guess, add another five, six meters on each side. 40 total, say? I might just use my shrinking power, punch this guy as I fly past him. And I will end up 17 meters on the other side of the room. All right. I love it. The human slingshot gets down into like a runner's stance. Their whole body starts to vibrate. And then as they shrink, there's like a a crack as I whip through the air past them. So I am taking my minimize power, which also comes with my leaping power, which also comes with miniature smash, which is a hand-to-hand attack. So I will make this hand-to-hand attack against the DCV of this hench all right do i hit the dcv of 11 or lower absolutely all right and i hit him for 96 damage all right let's see this all right that is 33 stun and looks like oh no i have to do the body math i don't think it's 15 body so in the end i think it's 11 uh okay but but 33 stun so let's let's talk about what happens here so first of all the hench has a, a physical defense of 12. Oh, 12. Okay. Yeah. So 19 gets through. Uh, no, wait, if it's 12, it would be 21, right? 21 gets through. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing this game for too long. And it's only been an hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> Three minutes of game time. Okay. So 19 gets through. 21 gets through. 21 gets through. Great. <laughs> okay. So 21 stun gets through. That's he would go down to he's got like four stun left. Okay. So he's pretty stunned. But the fact that you did 21 all in one go, we're going to compare that to his constitution, which is only 13. And so because it is more than his constitution, he is stunned. And that means that all he can do on his next phase, which is coming up, is just like stand up and kind of like get his senses. All right. So you did so much, you've stunned him. The other thing you did was you hit this individual real hard, which means we get to apply knockback rules. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Knockback rules. Okay. Here's how knockback works. We take the body that was rolled. And so this isn't the amount that gets through his armor, because again, this is just hitting him. physically his whole mass as we see that you you rolled nine dice so that's nine body down to eight because you rolled a one but plus two up to ten because of two sixes so ten body and now i'm gonna roll 2d6 i'm gonna subtract from ten so that's four left over we're gonna multiply that by two to eight that's how many meters this guy goes flying. <laughs> Will he end up in the water? I don't think it was quite aimed that way. And he is sort of on the edge because he was he was like guarding like like the walkway up, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that actually he's he's gonna hit the wall. Ooh. And so now we get to roll for what happens then. <laughs> and that's one D6 of normal damage per two meters. And so that's gonna be four D6. And that comes out to be a 14 of physical damage. Now, again, his physical defense is 12. So two gets through as stun, uh, but that does bring him down to a total of, uh, I believe, three three stun left before he is knocked out completely. And and again, he is going to spend his next phase, which is coming up right now, 
as stunned. And so he is just going to recover. He is far away from his gun now. I did achieve that secondary goal. (laughs) Incredibly far away from his gun. We are on segment five. Anemone, you're in a tank with a man with a lightning gun. (laughs) So I hate that David Bowie song. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny looks pretty tough. There's no way I'm going to knock him out. Does the lightning gun look like it's sparking or I guess I can't risk it. I guess I just can't risk having the lightning gun go in the water. So I'm going to try to get the gun back. All right, let's roll another disarm. Okay. I am I was I am considering just grabbing Johnny and dragging him under the water until he passes out, but I'm afraid that if the lightning gun is is already like got a charge built up, that will have a very bad effect on quite a lot of marine life. So uh, I really want the lightning gun ideally out the window or destroyed, but let's at least get it out of his hands. That is another grab, uh, and that is. I know. So this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a disarm. A disarm, okay. But it's a disarm that's based on grabbing things, so I still get my plus six. Yeah, you're using you're using them. Yeah, weird arms. Yeah, uh, that is eighteen. That hits. All right, now let's do another strength contest. All right, gotta love strength contests. Um, and that is is that forty six again because it's how much strength they have. Uh, yeah. Okay, and this guy is unfortunately very strong, but let's see what happens. It's a thirteen, and it's body versus body again, right? And damn it, that's two ones. So that's a two. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he rolled he rolled some sixes. So is that the end of my turn? It is, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, you can if, if you've got kind of another attack that you can sort of do as a combined attack here, you could try to work that in. I can't do this while trying to pull him under. But what I can do is at least try to do some damage. Is, am I am I still holding on to him with my other hand? No, you threw him, and, and so you let go. Okay. At that point. Uh, what I want to do is uh, grab him by the nose. I want to grab his nose, pinch his nose closed, and do my neurotoxic damage to him right on the face. Okay. So I think then the way we would do this. So if you want, you can do it as a grab, or you can just hit him in the face. And then the fact that you're touching him means that you can then also roll your uh, neurotoxin thing. I would like to do that. I am very strong and I want to slap his cheek because if I punch him, that's not going to make enough skin contact, but a face slap should do it. Okay. And I'm strong enough that a face slap should also do hand-to-hand damage. And that should be the 46 of hand-to-hand damage plus the attack damage, right? Yeah. So so let's just first do it the physical, like what it would, what it would be to just hit him. Let's whack him. I'm rolling again. And uh, that is a 13. Okay, that's still enough to hit. So now roll your strength dice okay. to attack him. It's nine. And then do I get to roll my 66 of uh, neurotoxin on contact? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're, the strength is not enough based on the physical defense that I regret <laughs> adding to his character sheet. And he's got two more stun damage from the neurotoxin in my palm. It, it, it's it, if this goes on, uh, it's going to be a couple minutes uh, uh, of in-game time and about twelve hours of our time before he is unconscious. Yeah. All right. So I am going to try to just give up and pull him under if this goes on because it's going to be easier than getting that gun away from him. Let's now see what is happening with human slingshot as we go on to segment six. You hear liar's voice in your head. I'm I'm waiting. I guess. Look, lady, this is harder than it seems. <laughs> Here's another character thing. I don't have enough strength to do the remaining three stun through the 12 physical defense on the henchman. 
unless I use my power. However, my power is designed to be used where I alternate between shrinking and enlargening lar- and mm-hmm. or shrinking and normaling. So my only option here is to shrink to normal size, wait, and then and then wait till my next phase to shrink again at him. You will get to go before he does. Before the hench. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just pop back up to normal size, sort of shake out shake out my limbs, make sure I'm limber, and then get ready to, to shrink again when my phase comes back around, when my segment comes back around. So next up is Johnny Three Guns' turn. And he has maybe a couple welts, perhaps, on <laughs> around his face, some of that neurotoxin yes. or whatever. It's like like a bad rash or like a, like a, like a, like a bad rash. Like a medium rash. And he sort of kicks backward from you and says, all right, we got what we came here for. Liar, let's get the heck out of here. And he is, I think, going to just leap over, uh, sort of try to climb himself back out of this tank, which I realize I established is actually fairly tall. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if I could pull him in, he should be able to maybe pull himself out, but it won't be easy. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be a little bit of a dexterity thing, I think, on his end. So his he's not good at dex, and uh, he's going to get a negative two modifier for this awkward situation. So rolling three d six. That is an eleven, which is would be enough to do this had he not been given a negative modifier for being in the water, trying to keep his gun out of the water. And he, he can't do it. He sort of scrambles down and is just shouting, liar, Larry, get me out of here. Help me out of here. Larry. Is his gun in the water? I think it is not. I think that I'm not entirely sure I want to work out mechanically what would happen. And I do realize that I should have thought about that ahead of time since I did put a lightning gun and a seawater tank very close to each other in the prep. But where he's going to say we're keep, he's keeping his gun dry or, or even actually is let's let's even go this far. He's powered it down slightly so that it is not if it were to get wet, it is not going to get damaged it might be nothing it, it might be that it's it doesn't have a continuous current so that unless it's being fired it it doesn't do any zapping yeah I, I mean i think we saw some like lightning crackle across it earlier i think that has been turned off as a safety precaution is it in the water though no he's he's holding it uh, a lot of the water um, what i'm trying to find out is whether anemone has any way to know that it's not going to kill everyone if it ends up in the water so next up is liar's turn and you know she's kind of I- impatient although i guess this is sort of only taken you know canonically nine seconds at this point what she says now is you know the really interesting thing about this whole situation derek is while you've been here dr kojama is being kidnapped (gasps) that dr kojama my best and only friend who injected me with unstable molecules granting me my superpowers yeah so that's happening all right it's your turn human slingshot uh, I'm going to look about wildly and see if I can spot Liar in this crowd of people. Now, you actually don't know what she looks like. Right. But you do have a comms connection to Winter. Uh, I said Winter. Yeah, what you got? Des- describe the supervillain known as Liar. Uh, let's see. Uh, see. Oh, oh, oh my. Okay, look, you need to understand how hard this job is for me sometimes. I just want to kind of lay that out. For you. <laughs> All right. 
let's see. So liar, uh, Alexandra Denny. She's, she, I mean, look. Let's be honest. She's a ten, but she'll make you forget, you know, how your powers work or what your legs are for. Or that came out wrong. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. There's a, 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 a. She's got like one of those teardrop tattoos, only a, a lot more sinister and just. You haven't even need a minute. No, you're good, right? Are we good? You're good? You know it? Okay. No, awesome. She's, she's, yeah. Is, is this description enough for me to look about the crowd and see if I can spot Liar? Yeah, why don't you do a perception check? Okay. Perception is, okay, there it is. I, my int, oh, great, my int. Definitely the thing this character is known for. All right, so I'm trying to beat an 11 or lower here. Yeah, you're going to get, I'm going to give you a, a, a bonus on this one because, though, despite Winter's somewhat flustered description, there are a couple things to look out for. And honestly, Liar is probably not trying to hide from you. I got a nine. So even against my default 11, that's a success. Okay. Yeah. You do spot her and she has blended in among the socialites. She's wearing a, uh, an evening dress and sort of standing around one of the tables with the other Fairly terrified looking people kind of at these high top tables, but, you know, is the one who's absolutely playing it cool. Okay. Do I have a clear shot at her? I would like straight line. I mean, it's it's 17 meters of high velocity, four inches tall. (laughs) How many meters? 17 meters. Sure. Okay. So you can attack her. I'm, I am considering that I should take her into custody now to learn what she knows. Okay. Rather than let her walk out the front door while we're fighting Johnny Three Guns and his incredible 15 physical defense. Okay. Uh, and I also know that this goon is like 30 feet away from his gun and he's not likely to contribute anything soon. Yeah, I think so. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my shrink move once again. So I consume another seven endurance. And I make an attack against her DCV as I blast across the room at high speed. All right. Well, so Liar, not built for much physical uh, confrontation. Uh, And it's just a three. Okay. For her DCV. I'm hitting anything that's a um, 14. So. All right. Yeah. So you're just you're just plowing into her. I'm, I'm trying to sort of get her down in one quick blow. Okay. And that way I'll separate her from the socialites as well, who may be in danger of her stealing their credit card information. All right, let's roll some damage. Okay. That is 37 stun and 10 body. My goodness. <laughs> Where were these rolls before? <laughs> I wasn't using my shrinking power before. <laughs> This is where all my character points went, isn't these two powers. So 37, her her physical defense is nine. Yeah. So that is a, a cool 28 points, which not only is more than her constitution, that is more than her stun. So... I think that like as she's as you're coming towards her, mm-hmm. she sort of, you sort of hear in your mind, oh, see now that's why I turned that and like <laughs> impact and you know, you just like feel the connection lost. This is nine dice, ten body, which besides actually technically injuring her slightly, no. um, perhaps significantly, uh, uh, you know, we're gonna get to roll some knockback. Oh god. <laughs> The not, transfer not of momentum here from this very tiny person into this, into into someone is insane. All right. That's another eight meters that she is just blasted backwards. Boom, boom. And, you know, I think yeah. we, 
the the panels of that of like just small you like hitting her gut and then just like the next one of her going backwards you have absolutely taken out a uh, liar all right i land and i i say Liar's apprehended, but someone needs to check on Dr. Kojaman. And then, I mean, we need to wrap things up quickly here. I think Winter comes in. Gemini, send a team over, or are you guys going to be uh, handling this one? Uh, wait, a team over to Kojaman or to us? To Kojaman. Or, well, to anywhere, actually. Send a team to Kojaman now. We'll catch up as soon as we can. Anemone, you are next on this list. I am. Uh, we are here in segment eight. So, if it's very clear that the gun is turned off, then I'm going to grab him by the legs and pull him underwater. Oh, see, we are doing some drowning then. <laughs> well, only enough to do stun. We're in a comic book. All right, let's see that happen. Once he's sort of flailing and helpless, uh, I'm tossing him back out. I don't want to kill him, but uh, I don't want him zapping my friends or strangers who happen to be rich and therefore get a lot of police protection. Yeah, I think I think you can you can spot that the gun seems certainly off. Okay. And to be honest, getting some seawater in there might make it uh, render it inoperable in future. Great. Why don't you try to? To grab and drag him on. That sounds great. That is something I know how to do. I don't think I've ever done so many grab attacks in any other role-playing game I've ever played as in this one session. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I basically talk to fish and grab people. That's what I do. And I change color. That is an 11 OCV 7 that hits. plus 6. That hits. At this point, I could like, see, this is the part where you're able to start doing the math in your head. I'm like, yeah, it's 24 minus 11. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So 24 minus 11 uh, is 13, I think. Yeah. Sure. All right. And now you're touching. So why don't you roll your uh, your poison damage? Yeah. Um, I mean, does can I touch his skin? Because if he's got like pants all the way down and there's not a bit of skin for me to touch, then it's it's that's not happening. But I'm I'm hoping he's wearing regular pants. Yeah, they, they're regular pants. They're regular pants. OK. You can get his ankles. I guess. All right. Yeah, I got his ankles. That's all I need. Cargo shorts. Honestly, in retrospect, let's retcon some cargo shorts on this. Cargo one. shorts. That's what he'd wear. He's the type. <laughs> so that is 66. Uh, that's 23. Okay, that gets that gets some through to him. Okay, he's also underwater. No, we haven't we haven't actually done the the pulling him oh. down part. You you have just established that you're holding on okay. to him. Then we have to strength check for you to actually to bring him under. Okay, it's still it's still a strength check. I mean, what 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 do you? I mean, I think I can maybe give you a little bit of advantage because again, you are he's a floating and I'm creature. a water creature. But I mean, he's just big dude. All right, <laughs> he's big. okay. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry i'm stuck i'm calculating this this thing okay so it's 23 stun damage and he does have a physical defense of 15 so uh yes eight gets through okay and it's we're, are we doing a regular strength check i guess because he's very good at treading water i'm gonna i'm gonna give him i'm gonna give him half his dice okay how, how about we that do sounds that? great okay so here we go because he has he's got no purchase on the inside of this thing so it is it's you know actually actually uh, no he's he's able to exert some force yeah all right, so he's going to roll three instead of five. Okay, okay. He's good at treading water. Basically. And yes, this game does have half dice, and no, I'm not rolling them. Yes. Okay, so that's 46 from me, and uh, okay. Oh, wow, he botched that one. Yeah. Ooh. You pull him under. Yeah. And now there are rules for hostile environments that we're not going to get into at this moment. He lets go of the gun okay. at that point, and it falls to the bottom of the tank. Great. You have successfully disarmed... Johnny three guns. And I think that our, our hench is like over on, like on the side of the, like the, the tank sort of, you know, like banging, like wanting to help. 
<laughs> and just being completely unable to. So I think at this point, it's very safe to say that this situation is under control. Okay. If y'all have anywhere else you want to be. Do I know that Dr. Kachemin has been kidnapped? I don't think you do. Let's cut to the human slingshot. I guess I was only talking to Winter. I sort of assumed that an enemy would hear the conversation over the earpiece. Yeah, so I guess you know a little bit about this, but but maybe for, for narrative's sake, let's establish your uh, what you're saying at this point. Do- Dr. Kojaman is a genius, but he's pretty old and he can't take care of himself. We need to wrap up here and get on scene as soon as possible. We do. Winner says, all right, I'll, I'll tell the cops they're good to go in. And uh, so- sounds like you, uh, is what's, what's Liar's state at this point? Oh yeah, how's Liar doing? Did she take She's a, completely unconscious. Did she take a lot of body damage? Is she going to be okay without medical attention? I don't think she's technically bleeding out. Okay. <laughs> technically. Uh, Liar's down. She's not getting up anytime soon. Is this henchman? Do I need to go finish off this dude? I, I think I think this is like a, like, as you walk by, you just, you can just like kick the pulse rifle like down the stairs or yeah. something like that. And it's just ka-clang, ka-clang, ka-clang. All right. Well, I'll I'll send them in and uh, and uh, take Miss Denny into um, more significant custody. Hopefully, uh, keep her from being able to um, mind zappy anyone else for the time being. And uh, I'll let you know what she says when she wakes up. But uh, sounds like we got a professor to take care of. Don't we always? All right. It's time for some goodwill hunting. <laughs> you should work on that one, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, all right. Because it's it's more fun and just as fast, rather than reemerge from the tank, I am going to let the cops fish Johnny out, assuming he's not a threat anymore. He's just a guy floating yeah. in a tank with no weapons. He's a pretty strong dude, but yeah, they, they got yeah. him. Yeah, so I'm going to swim all the way back down through the tank to the service exit through the uh, otter exhibit and uh, pick up the lightning gun as I go because you don't want to just have a lightning gun sitting in the bottom of your tank. It'll probably, you know, leach heavy metals or something. Mm-hmm. And just take the presumably waterlogged and useless, but who really knows, uh, gun with me as I wait for the human slingshot. Who are we getting a lift? How are we getting to the doctor's house? The human slingshot is hoofing it down the stairs <laughs> after briefly reassuring the socialites that everything was fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for you at the exit. <sighs> okay. How are we getting there? Where does he live? Like a block away, a mile away, well, two towns away? Where does he live? What time? Of, actually, this is a good question. What time of day is it right now? It is late evening. On like a weekday or a? Uh, I'm No, I think it's Friday night. It was a little bit of a posh gala, you know, All right. people going out for the weekend. The doctor was likely at home. He doesn't like to work late on weekends. Who does? Right. So. Where does he live? He lives He lives out in the suburbs. The problem is that he's close to the highway. They could, if they've already taken him, they could be anywhere in the city. I think we may need to go to his house and look for clues. Do you have like a doctor detector or like his cell phone or anything? Can you, you know, yeah, see? I do have his cell phone number. Do you, can you, I mean, are you, can you track him? Can you find him or? Is he on my, yeah, he might be on Find My Friends. Hang on. <laughs> Is the Dr. Kojaman on Find My Friends? And if so, is his iPhone with him or in his home? Okay, so he is 100% on Find My Friends. He is my only friend. (laughs) You two are very close. Find My Friend singular. (laughs) Find My Friend. Here is is what you get. It's it's not a precise location. Yeah, the the blue dot is moving around a little. It's 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 in the it's it's like in the in the like wide blue circle range. Like this is sort of like the last cell tower it connected. 
to, but it it doesn't it's not able to do a precise sure. GPS, which is the type of thing that happens if, you know, the phone can't make a data connection or is too deep underground to contact GPS satellites, etc. But the the circle is in the warehouse district down by the docks. Okay. There's one in every city, huh? We have to we have to go to the warehouse district. I love the warehouse district. Down by the docks. I mean, aren't they always? It's New Arcadia, right? Yes. Yeah. Is the is the baseball team in New Arcadia the warehouseman? The is this a, is this is there a big warehouse industry here? I think that in the town with a lot of superheroes. I think I like they have a triple A team, and yeah, I think maybe we can establish that. Sure, first episode, <laughs> we're world building, baby. I'm a, I've been to many warehouseman games on Dollar Hot Dog Night with Doctor Kochama. Aww. he's got the pennant up in his yeah. Office. Aww. <laughs> All right, let's 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 hit the docks. What is our method of transportation? As duly appointed superheroes, do we have some form of reliable vehicle, or are we like calling a rideshare? I have a car. I, I mean, I th- I think this is on you. I th- I think that in, in general, the the dispatchers assume that you are going to have your own appropriate mode of transportation, right? Because like because like some people can just fly, right? And so there isn't. I, I think if you. You probably have a lift budget if you really want one, but I think that they can arrange helping you buy a motorbike or that kind of thing. I, I have a I have a car. You can get in my car. What kind of car does Anemone have? <laughs> Anemone has a small old car that has kind of painted this weird blue and green because, <laughs> you know, sea collars. And I think it's a Honda. I think it's I think it's an old Honda. That tracks. Oh, it and runs. I have yeah. yeah, it runs. It runs. I have parked at a meter that you're not supposed to use during evening rush hour because we've actually got a parking ticket budget because this sort of thing happens to heroes all the time, but the car is still there. It has not been towed. So uh, let's zip away to the warehouse district. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I I grab the parking ticket off the windshield and it gets a little bit wet because I've been using my powers and, you know, but, uh, you know, I shower <laughs> in the glove compartment while driving with my third hand. Okay. So, so you get over there. Let's, what I want is the flavor of kind of how you're going to be doing investigation and sort of looking for clues or, or that kind of thing, like what, what you might be trying to do. I am absolutely not going to gate the last part of this session on you, like, <laughs> doing perception rolls. So what what does the search process look like for the two of you, one of whom can become very small and very huge, uh, and the other can talk to animals? Um, what, what do we got? Uh, throw me some stuff. I'm going to do two things right away. One is uh, I really... You know, I, I can only talk to animals that are associated with the seashore or, or the sea, but there are going to be some kind of water rats around. And I'm just going to see, you know, they're rats. They don't really like read Shakespeare a lot, but they will be able to tell me if there's been any rapid or violent movement. I'm going to find out if they've noticed that with their little noses. And the other thing I'm going to do is... So wait, wait let's, no, let's, yeah. let's leave it just over there. Human slingshot, what, what are you, what is your... The human slingshot is is not very smart, but he is extremely personable. Okay. So if there are normal uh, warehousemen wandering around, dock workers, uh, I'm going to first start by canvassing them. And then failing that, I'm going to find a place where I can safely get big and survey the entire area from above. All right. I'll have you know that I have a perk, which is that I am specifically very popular for my earnest and humble attitude. (laughs) 
As you should be. Okay, I love it. I mean, I want to see all of these things. So let's start with with finding a dock worker. And yeah, I think there you see a few folks coming off shift. And um, how do you how do you approach them? All right, as a as a working class man myself, I I have mastered the 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 look of someone who is hard at work doing something they don't want to be doing to sort of build commiseration. I say, hey guys, uh. Look, we got a report. Yeah, we got a we got a we got a cape over here. That's uh, we don't tend to see you around the warehouse district. It's normally just the other guys. Well, it's it's the other guys that brought me down here. I'll be out of your hair as soon as I can. But a friend of mine just got kidnapped out of his home. You seen any uh, more suspicious than usual movements? Vans, trucks, etc. Old old men screaming in foreign languages, that sort of thing. <laughs> Leslie, you were on you were on break, and you were. Uh... You were saying something about hearing some guy uh, uh, swearing in Turkish, and uh, says, "Yeah, I've been, I was doing Duolingo earlier, and um, you know, surprise, surprise, it was as if the owl was out here in uh, out among the docks shouting stuff. Yeah, they headed down around towards the uh, towards the water, but I didn't see really that how far they went. All right, well." That's definitely something to go on. You guys get home safe, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you too. Uh, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing, I guess. Anemone, who have you found? I mean, I hope I found Doctor Kachemin, but I've found some water rats, and I'm trying to see whether they noticed anything uh, rapid or violent or unusual in terms of big beings moving around. And I'm also using my spatial awareness sense. I have a power that is about just noticing movement and it's independent of sight. So the vibe you get from the rats is what they are really upset about Mm -hmm. is that there used to be this this cool underground, they they call it a big sort of a big metal warren Mm -hmm. that they used to kind of go around and hide in and, you know, build nests. And it was just, just nearby here. And it was great. Like a shopping mall, but, like a food court. Um, more like a, like a, like an underground sub repair facility. Mm, okay. Mm. And, but they're describing that in terms that rats would know. Anyway, this great place that they all loved, they've been driven out. Because now there's this like it just like makes their their fur stand on end. It's this really freaky place, and they don't want to go anywhere near it. So what you're able to gleam is a there is a large underground secret kind of bunker thing nearby, uh, and b it has seen significant recent activity. Thank you so much. Here are some candy bar crumbs, and I'll check in with you later. Can you tell us how you get into that place? We might be able to, you know, restore it to utility for you. <laughs> so they they lead you over to there there is a there is a warehouse mm-hmm. that and they go in under some of the holes that have been gnawed in the wooden boards here sort of the you know they scamper into it through little rat holes and you're left standing outside the two of you okay does my spatial awareness tell me anything else about how far the tunnels extend or whether i can just use my strong arms to open those holes and bust in or any doors i guess i don't quite understand how it works i mean you're sort of standing outside a warehouse that has holes in the walls oh oh so it's just oh it's just it's a warehouse it's not okay Let's just go in. I mean, it's locked. Let's. It's a well. <laughs> we can not for long. Okay, but so you're there. Uh, yeah, you're there, and uh, and human slingshot is there. 
I think putting putting two and two together narratively, Mm-mm. a suspicious underground place. Doctor Kojeman has been in the area, and he does not have GPS signal. Underground. Let's go in. Should I rip the door off the hinges? I can do it without knockback. <laughs> I mean, if you, I'm okay with going big. If you want to go big, as a matter of fact, I'm hoping to go big. Ooh, do you want to go big? Do you want to go big just to? I mean, that was a power joke. If if you want an excuse to go big, you could actually get really big and like take the roof off the warehouse or something. Well, I think we need to get underground first. So let's uh, let's get underground. Okay, let's hustle. Do I need to roll to like rip the door open? I'm going to say at this point, no. Okay, it's it's a wooden door. It's a little metal lock. You're pretty strong. I I say as we go in, it's like it's pretty dusty in here. I sure hope they let him bring his inhaler. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Do we need a flashlight? Because I am a flashlight. Uh, yeah, so I think you are you are glowing in the in the dark, and there is a big hatch kind of thing. So it's it's you go into this warehouse and it's completely empty. Okay, and it is dusty though. If you look on the ground, there are footprints, and there is sort of in the middle of it, there is like a hatch down into things. It's got one of those big like sea wheelie things on the front of the big heavy metal door. My favorite kind of doors are heavy metal doors. So should we open that the old-fashioned way? Or did I miss something? I mean, I think so, right? Can we just heave? Heave ho? Yeah, if you wanna uh if you wanna do that, it's sort of looking around, the question of security systems may come into play. Uh-oh. Uh so <laughs> how stealthy kind of are you trying to be here? How stealthy are we trying to be here? I guess moderately stealthy. We're not going like I'm I'm not shrinking or anything, but I'm not trying to alert them that we're coming down the tunnel, right? Okay, so kind of opening the door and then like gently going quietly. Yeah, yeah, stepping lightly. Okay, so you can just open the door, but uh, why don't you make some stealth rolls and let's see how those those play out. I've got stealth as a skill. I do as well, but it's not. I don't get my incredible plus eight if I'm just doing this normally. Yeah, why aren't you shrinking? I think I think it's because I want to be. I, I think I want to be visible to Doctor Kochaman. Okay, and and I'll, I'll say by also at this point, it's fair that you can recover your endurance, oh, yeah. uh, whatever, for all of this. I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a hap to hit my thirteen. Kind of forgot we had these, but and how about you and Emily? You so you rolled a twelve. What's your skill level? There, what's your skill number there? For stealth, it's twelve. All right, you hit your things. I hit my things, and let's go in. Okay, I think that you know you you go down, and it's it's sort of these you know, metal stairs and the or- orange lights with like little kind of metal grates over them because you're going down into this formerly abandoned uh, submarine repair base that has been uh, well decommissioned. Mm -hmm. And kind of with your stealth, like you're going quietly and like you hear, you hear like a patrol and sort of duck around the corner to the side as you see two guys going by and they seem to have the same weapons that the hench, Larry the hench had in the, the events previous so uh you kind of get the the clear sense that this is the same organization Hmm. those guys how do you make your way through stealthily let's 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 get some let's just let's let's like describe some panels and that kind of thing and get sort of the flavor yeah staying flat against the walls yeah checking corners very metal gear solid style i've adjusted my colors so that i am harder to see in this orange light there's a lot of orange Uh uh-huh not invisible, but just kind of like harder to see. All right. You eventually make your way. It's it's a lot of trial and error as far as like 
where is he? But there's there's not a whole lot else in here. You know, there's sort of like abandoned office area. And um, at one point you find like the boiler room or whatever. But eventually you sneak into, and by the way, you've gone down several flights of stairs. You're kind of deep underground at this point. And you get to the bay where they would dry dock the submarines. And it is huge and echoey, monstrous underground space. Not a whole lot going on. Like, like it's like, like, like really uncomfortable, right? Sort of the amount of like echoes of far off patrols and, and that kind of thing. But you're, you're in this place. There's random kind of machinery around that could provide cover or obscure things. There's gigantic industrial sized hooks hanging from the ceiling that's 60 meters of like huge like this is a huge space this is a space that is literally big enough that human slingshot could get big and just do fun things <laughs> that's how big this space is it's big enough for a submarine and if it's big enough for a submarine it's big enough for the human slingshot that's right i think that tracks and and sort of you know i think that you know, as you're kind of coming in here and there's like these weird shadows and stuff from uh again all of the like to do debris and like leftover repair equipment and that kind of thing there is sort of flickering crt light down from one end and the uncomfortable sort of straining sounds of an elderly gentleman what do you do Mm, all right so we don't have a visual on them right uh no just the sounds I'm like doing hand signals with an enemy instead of um instead of instead of talking because this place is so echoey and loud. I'm like going I'm yeah, but I'm I'm not doing I'm, I'm they're not like well established like military <laughs> hand signs we've come up with. I'm just sort of pointing <laughs> frantically in one direction and like rolling my fingers in a way that may not be understood. What are you trying to convey? I basically just that I, I he's over that way. We need to go this way. Follow to follow the sounds of the of the grunting old man, and then I'm tapping my ears insistently. I will follow you. Let's go there. We're gonna need to do some more stealth to cross over here. No oh boy. Okay, I got a six. Wow, that's a nine. I'm so stealthy. I'm stealthy enough. So with those stealth rolls, you can absolutely make your way through. Just, just making your way through 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 this area, and as as you get closer. You see that there at one end is sort of a large bank of computers and there's kind of a, two two things going on. There's a, there's a figure who is dressed in a lab coat and their back is to you and they're punching some of the, the buttons and that kind of thing on, on this bank of computers. And you see Dr. Kojamin restrained and with like a like a helmet thing on his head as if something were trying to suck knowledge out of his brain Mm -hmm. like one does like a liar it's like a theming to this week (laughs) yeah and then on it's like there's kind of like that half and then you also like your eyes are sort of following some of these like wires and, and and kind of pulsing and there looks like there's this weird reddish brown kind of crystal that is suspended way up in the air and it's got kind of some wires and things going mm-hmm. to it and and it you 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 kind of it, like it catches your eye it feels almost you know otherworldly and a little its edges are partially transparent in kind of a way that it seems not entirely in this dimension right now 
shall we say, mm. sort of looking just below it. There's, it looks like there's almost like a hole or tear in space. It, it seems small. Like you're not quite even, to, it, it, it's, it's hard to tell the difference between that and like the blind spot of your eye, but it looks something sort of uncomfortable. And as you're kind of approaching these things, human slingshot, you're feeling like your molecules and some of those cogemin particles and that kind of thing are starting to kind of act a little wibbly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's almost sort of this draw upwards. Ugh. But anyway, the two of you, I think, are are safely behind a big crate, and you're able to kind of see all of this happening. What do you do? The doctor is attached to a helmet, and the helmet is attached to a cable, and the cable is probably doing things. Right. I want to, my number one priority is to get the doctor out of the situation as soon as possible. Let's get him out of the helmet. I'm, I'm, I am considering the possibility of getting close to him, grabbing and just going big. That sounds. And, and running with him in my arms. Is there, did we see like a water exit? I, I love, what, what, what I love there is the idea of the hand gestures that you are like doing and then to gesturing anemone. like up as if I'm like, growing yeah, exactly. bigger and bigger, like, and then little fingers running like with your two fingers. Is the, did we see another way out? Obviously, they had to get submarines in here. Does this go out into the water at all? Or this is a decommissioned kind of place, so that might be theoretically possible, but has been. Like it's not like there's like an active waterway out, you know, there would be doors closing it off or even concrete sort of, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. I'll break the machine. You get the doctor bike and go. Hang on. I'm looking at how much strength I've got. I have I have enough strength to to pick up a space shuttle when I'm full size. Whew. Okay. It's, it's space shuttle, comma blue whale. I did not know that those two things are roughly the same weight. Yeah, it really would surprise me. A hundred. It's a hundred tons. I think that could get me through any sort of concrete barrier, right? A hundred tons of force. Oh, oh yeah. Like yes, yes. So concrete. Oh, my, sure. my secondary question then is: if I get through that concrete, am I like deep underwater, or are we near the near the surface? You're down a little ways. Not like epically far down i mean you, you've you kind of walked down stairs so i i think that the i could get out basically i I, I would out. surface quickly yeah. especially at my size i think that's probably true yeah okay okay i think i've got a plan <laughs> how well can i convey this to an enemy just do it all right i'm gonna get in a runner's position like my my runner's position you know at the starting block which i think is a sign to you about something something's about to happen yeah i'm gonna shrink and use the momentum to land me at Dr. Kojaman's feet. Okay. So I just sort of zip across the room, land where he is. I want some sort of check on this in case it goes badly, and then we can trigger something. The good news is I can activate my power that activates when I shrink, shrink from view, which is invisibility to sight group, no fringe. Does require a stealth roll, but I am shrunk. Okay, let's, let's do that stealth roll then. 12 my stealth even minus the shrinking penalty is 11 with the shrinking pen with the shrinking bonus it's um 20 19 the lab coded figure does not notice you and now that you're closer you realize that they're a robot moving fairly well articulated but mm. certainly a metal body and um, i think you can kind of look up from the ground and rather than kind of sort of fake eyes there's more like a but honestly like like a cyclops kind of beam that sort of bar 
a mono eye. Well, exactly. So th- that is that is the uh, antagonist. If I were is, and uh, if I were to grow to normal size, would I be easily spotted? Like, am I just right in his line of line of sight? Oh, I think so. I so yeah. So yeah, they're they're like right there because again, they're kind of monitoring what they're doing to Gojaman. Yeah, I'm just considering whether or not I want to like take the helmet off of Gojemin, and if I'm worried that, like, by just grabbing him and going, is it going to hurt him? Does it look like it's affixed to him in some way? Or is it just sort of resting on his head loosely? I, I think there's, the the helmet is mostly loose, and then there's probably, like, electrode things, like, against his forehead and that sort oh, of Oh, but if those got pulled off, it would it would sting, but it wouldn't it, exactly it would, snap his neck. Yeah, I would say, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what, I was worried there was, like, a chin strap or yeah. something drilled in there. okay. I'm going to get in position to wrap my arms around the chair he's on so that when I grow, I am still carrying him. How high we grow? Are we growing normal size? Are we going big? No, we're, we're growing. We're growing to be 16 meters tall. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to like sort of sort of football carry him like he's the ball, right? Shoulder over, protecting him like a running back. And then I run for the exit on my extremely long plus 36 meters per segment legs. Cool. <laughs> Do that. Boy, I love size templates. I didn't have to think about any of this. In the rule book, they just say, you're this tall. Here's all the stuff you get. Like, this is how it works. <laughs> I'm just hiding and watching. I don't think I need to do anything. You might have to You might have to take this guy into custody. We'll see. The robot? Yeah. He's clearly evil. Sure. Look at that eye. Yeah. I'm going to gigantify. So describe kind of what happens here. All right. There's there is basically sort of an explosion of movement as I, as I grow... To be 16 meters tall, which has all sorts of ridiculous knock-on effects. And the movement just like I shoot straight down the the hangar. Uh 17 meters, stumble for a second as I get my feet beneath me, and then resume into a full sprint, cradling Dr. Kojaman's chair. Awesome. <laughs> I think as so as, I mean, I I just feel like there's like just like the sonic boom of that you know, mass change. Yeah. Especially going from from um, four inches tall to my maximum height instead of stopping in between. Yeah, there's definitely like a adjustment period. I think like as soon as the chair gets pulled up, alarms and mm-hmm. sirens and stuff mm-hmm. start going across, uh, going off. This robot professor whips around and you see that kind of sort of eye thing glowing. And the other thing that happens is that that like w- when you activate all of those Kajemin particles mm-hmm. to make yourself so big, the crystal above and that tear in space react and start growing. Uh-oh. And what you can see, Anemone, down below, is like, it looks like just like weird, shadowy, otherworldly shapes back in there. And at this point that because of the growth, it is now probably a maybe a, a meter around this whole like it's gotten that much bigger. As you are running, I think that the professor robot gets a blast off at your re- gigantic retreating back. Mm-hmm. What is your DCV in this situation? So my DCV remains the same. However, other people get a plus six OCV to hit me. <laughs> let's let's roll that one. This is an this is just an OCV of three plus six. Right. So it'd be fourteen. Bring it up to twenty. Then we're going to subtract this d six. Oh wow. So I rolled a fourteen on the die. So that means I'm hitting at six. Well, my DCV is seven. So you do hit me. Okay. Excellent. So just like this, this brilliant like red light 
attacks the back of you and it is this is actually a 15 d6 roll 15 all right wow don't worry everyone this will be fine of course it will okay so i got a 57 i have this is i have an energy defense of four so i'm taking 53 yep i also receive a bonus of 18 stun when i'm gigantified which brings my total up to 53. Wait, what? I have a total of 53 stun. Uh-huh. I am taking exactly the amount of stun the human slingshot has. Can I use my hero points for this? I feel like I'm not allowed to adjust enemy rules. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first of all, I think we're in combat. <laughs> yeah. This is segment 12. And so you go flying and I think drop the chair. <gasps> and you know, Kojemin like falls and is certainly well jostled around. So you are at zero stun. Yeah. So you are knocked out. However, we're about to go into phase 12. And so you will get to recover some stun back. Some. Yes. Anemone, you have not acted yet. So this happens what do you what do you do? Hang on, I also take body damage. Oh yeah, let's let's do that. It's fifteen minus it's fifteen plus one. I take sixteen body damage. I have a total of and I reduce that by four. So I take twelve body damage. I have a total of twenty-one body. Oh nice. Well that's when I'm giant. When I shrink down, I lose some of that. And I think going unconscious, because this is a power that requires it to be always active, okay. I shrink down. The good news is the rules account for this, and when you shrink down, you sort of slough off. That nine body I took. Okay. So instead of having 12 body damage, I actually go down to three. So you're in not great shape. Your normal size. The professor's chair has sort of scattered. It's Anemone's turn. So is Dr. Kachiman likely to fall and get hurt because he's in a chair that's been dropped? Or is he pretty much already on the floor and just rolling across the floor? I think he's, we're going to say he is narratively mildly injured. Uh, the chair probably cushioned some of his fall. This is also far enough away from you, Anemone, that you would not be able to catch him even if I try. Yeah, because I shot forward with my power. Okay, then I'm going to try to take out Professor Robot over there, and uh, I'm going to use my uh, electric shock blast. All right. So that's good. It's that's that does extra against robots. I was hoping it would. Uh, it's armor piercing, too, for what that's worth. Uh, but yeah, I, I figured I would probably give him a short circuit. I'm, I'm going to shout with friends like these. You need an anemone. Nice. Been waiting to say that. We had to get that at some point. Okay, we're going to try to see if I hit, right? And that is uh, my OCV is seven. I, I don't have extra with this. It's just my OCV. Okay, so 18 minus your dice. That's, That's a hit. That's a hit. All right. Do we need to worry about range modifiers or not? Now, you're, I think you're you're fairly close Great. to him because y- y'all snuck over. Okay, so Robot Summers over there takes a 4d6 of zappiness, or if he were made of flesh, he would, but he's made of circuits. So is that extra dice or is there a multiplier or how does it work? Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a multiplier on the stun damage. Okay, so here do. comes some, st- it's stun only, so. All right, so that's 11 stun, then that is brought up to 22. And then we're going to subtract their energy defense, which is 12. So that is 10 stun. The robot is like sort of fry, you know, like I'll put it this way. It, it's not enough to stun it from a, a constitution, right? But like servos are not quite firing right. It's still going to act, but it has been bloodied, uh, to borrow a term. It's at half It's at half of its stun. Okay. We now get into the end of uh, segment 12 and everyone gets to get some endurance back. Woo! And stun. And get your stun back. Yep. I'm at 10 stun. I'm awake. 
And actually, this robot is now back up at 20 stun. But really, you just need to get out of here. And human slingshot, you also get to act first. I'm debating what to do here. I do kind of want to just run with Dr. Gojaman, but I really can't. I would probably die if I took another one of those laser blasts. And I can't carry him unless I'm big. So I think I am going to try to get rid of this robot and then turn around and grab the doctor and run for it. Okay. So that means I am going to grow gigantic, leap back the way I came, and just (laughs) plant a fist in this dude's face. All right. Let's see this happen. I leap I grow gigantic. Getting knocked out mechanically helped you here because it brought you back down to normal size. It brought me back down. I'd have to turn small and and hit him with that punch instead. So I'm going to roll my attack roll here. So it's an 11 plus 11 minus 13. I hit a nine or lower DCV. Yeah, you're good. Okay. And now I roll 13 D6. Heck yeah. Yeah, 60. No, 12 D6. My mistake. All right, that's 48 stun, 15 body. Okay, so at so 48 stun, the robot has uh, 17 physical defense. So 48 minus 17. And that is absolutely enough to just like, you get to describe this giant fist robot smashing panel. I'm, I'm sort of shooting myself across the room, growing larger and larger as I do, fist cocked back until I just bring it in a giant overhand swing and pancake the robot against the floor. And I say, hey, that's smarts. <laughs> this is this is to me a hilarious joke about the doctor being here. Being smart, yes. <laughs> there are, again, these klaxons going off. You hear hen- henchmen approaching from various other directions. The two of you, you grab Dr. Kujemin by the hand and you book it out of here back the way that you came. I think you get out sort of onto the docks and the doctor says in a obvious Turkish accent that I'm not going to do. Oh, thank you, boy. I, I knew I knew that you would be able to come and rescue me. That was very, very scary ordeal. And uh, and and you, long young lady, you very impressive number of limbs that you have. <laughs> I may, since that was a very stressful situation, have uh, grown another one because that is a thing that sometimes happens to me. Uh, so <laughs> at this point, I'm, I'm seeing whether I have to roll for that. Derek is like double checking and like think is like. Would it be weird if I asked if, if if she has more limbs? Is that okay? Like trying to count and see if they've changed. Like no, yeah, I have. That was I, I was I was second guessing himself. Very scary situation when you almost got uh, incinerated by uh, the the laser robot down there. When I'm under extreme stress, I sometimes grow more tentacles. So right now I've got five arms that look like arms and two tentacles kind of coming out of my lower back along with you know two legs so yes i'm also really good with marine life i don't just have extra limbs so if you've got any you know fish that need taken care of or skates rays dolphins jellyfish i don't but he like sort of pats you on the shoulder he says but i bet other people do his hand stings as soon as he does it yeah oh <laughs> that's <laughs> smart wow <laughs> i should have warned him 
You're uh sorry. You got quite a lot going on in there. Uh, congratulations. I'm afraid I do. People don't usually touch me without asking because they have you know tentacle hair and a bright orange. But you know, happy to make your acquaintance. Uh, well, I'm just I'm just a friendly old man, and you know what? Uh, sometimes <laughs> there's lessons I should have learned a long time ago. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach into my purse and offer him some like hand salve because I keep that around for when people touch me by accident. <laughs> you carry oh, it around. That's, that's very nice. This is lavender. That's a uh, it smells good too yeah a little bit salty maybe things things that stay on my person for too long tend to get kind of salty you know oh derek it's it's uh it's good you found me they were uh trying to extract the secrets of the kojemin particles and use them for i have no idea what but uh thanks to you that knowledge can stay safely between us or well in in me i let's be realistic here derek dr kojemin yeah is this stuff written down in case there's some kind of emergency? Like if you get sick anywhere? <laughs> we both shuffle awkwardly, look at our feet. He's like, well, the great committee, you know. <laughs> I mean, when I had my thing that got me my powers, I'm around today because there's a whole involuntary animal transformation, you know, room at New Arcadia Hospital. Like they knew what to do and I'm fine. <laughs> They've got a hotline. It's a medical specialty, but like, it just seems like you should write this stuff down, you know, put it in a, a vault, put it in a box with like secret codes or something. But like, I like working with you, Derek, so much that I would hate to have a particle problem. You know, uh, she may have a point. Doctor, if, if people are going to be coming for the, the particles for, you know, starting now until the end of time, maybe it would be best just to get out ahead of them and make sure everyone knows how they work and how to counteract them. That may put me in danger, but it would be the right thing to do. It would. Well, I don't want to make that decision for you, Derek. I mean, that's uh, could be quite an Achilles heel that we're broadcasting for everyone. Some might say it might even be worth a large number of complication points. I think that is that is basically the end of this what's a what's a brief epilogue so where do we go out with anemone and with human slingshot i think that anemone who's already got a part-time job with the ocean trust but has sort of wondered for years whether she was really welcome back at the aquarium gets a lifetime membership and a volunteer card and it's very clear that that they like her again I'd say the, the human slingshot and Dr. Kojaman go back to his house to clean up, you know, the damage done by the kidnappers. <laughs> they play a game of Stratego. Derek loses. And ultimately, they decide to go public with the particles. This has the downside of, you know, forcing Derek to lose his secret identity and broadcast a weakness, but the upside of actually getting him a stable source of income now that he is a publicly known superhero and research subject. And Dr. Gojaman's lab gets a big old grant to counteract the various uh, supervillain groups that will be trying to steal the particle generation method. Also, people don't have to kidnap him to, like, mind-read him to figure out where the particles come from because it's been published in uh, physics letters. Yeah, but actually, they still go for the kidnapping because getting uh, access to those journals is too expensive. <laughs> Next adventure, we take on Reed Elsevier. And also, thanks to you, a plan that could have opened up a literal portal to a hell dimension was completely thwarted. And the uh, other superheroes are able to raid this base and uh, take the crystal into a secure location and destroy some of the other equipment that was being built there. But Liar, upon being released on parole, 
promptly completely disappears. Of course. If if only we had some sort of hint that she was dishonest about things. <laughs> some sort of indication that perhaps she would not keep to her word. She's named after musical instrument. Why would you distrust her? Hey, she she kept her word to you. Well, I I don't know. I thought she was indirectly threatening me by mentioning the kidnapping of Dr. Kojama. Derek reacts poorly when startled. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, she learned that lesson, I think, with more than a few bruised ribs, at the very (laughs) least. Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining us on Team Up Moves. This was a a whole lot of fun. Yes. Thanks for having me. This was a, a great throwback to my childhood for Hero System. I've got lots of opinions on it now that I know how the game actually works, uh, but I I had a lot of fun uh, doing this adventure. Would you say it was a knockback to your childhood? At least eight meters. All right. (laughs) Well, in a week, we are going to have you back and we are going to discuss Hero System in the back matter. We're going to get into all of this stuff. I know we all each do have opinions uh, and I can't wait to, to have that discussion. So we'll see everybody in a week and have a good night. Stay heroic. And that's a wrap on the actual play, but come back next week for the back matter because we have so much more to talk about this interesting and historic game. In this run, we've been playing Champions 6th Edition from Hero Games. You can order it and find community and all sorts of other material at herogames.com. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. You can find more of their music and that new album coming on Friday at sleepyheadrockband.com. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2022. We'd love to hear your feedback. Find us on Twitter at, at @teamupmoves or at Fiona Wim and at Accommodatingly, respectively. You can check the show notes for spelling. To see all of our episodes, get subscribe links, and find out how to email us, you can go to our website, teamupmoves.com. We are a new show, but we are growing. And every time you tell a friend about us, every time you leave a review on a podcast directory, that totally helps. So please keep it up. We love you for doing it, and uh, we'll catch you next time for the Back Matter of Champions. 